started file started mm-hmm. file farted yeah so farted welcome to synthaholics thank you so much for downloading this episode today you have myself aaron o'brien and david duncan hello david i need some seeds we can go to the ark mm-hmm. give me seeds from the ark dave i spilled whiskey on my keyboard and it's the first time i've cleaned my keyboard in a while oh yeah so like i got that so, so did you find all these other crumbs? Oh yeah, yeah. There's lots going on here. I got some. <laughs> I got some pee on here too. I think. Oh man, it's a soup. <laughs> you get your. It's a long brew keyboard soup you got going on. It's great. Anyways, guys, we are talking about the uh, Star Trek Discovery episode. Die trying. I'm gonna this die is... trying to watch this. Okay, this is episode, uh, I'm sorry, season three, episode five, and first aired November 12, 2020. Non-spoilers, Dave, uh, without getting too much into the weeds, anything you want to say about this episode? You know, you know, like video games, where you, you, you talk to this old lady, and she tells you, go get a cat and bring it back to Side her. Side quest? Yeah, Side like, quest. Like, like, a, like the most menial fetch quest. This episode is a really big fetch quest that... Oh. Uh, starts off with a lot of promise because oh we're going to the federation it's like nope nope we don't trust you yet you got to go fetch this cat for us then maybe yeah. we'll trust you and i'm like great so this is another speed bump episode i was talking like the last couple of times i feel like we're just going through these speed bumps before something starts to happen and to me this was a speed bump uh another speed bump i mean that's that's about as general as i can go without going into actual spoilers how about you aaron some interesting ideas playing out uh you know just with uh maybe more the visuals uh was fun to look at um oh there's some pretty stuff for sure yeah and um i don't know there just uh, there's a lot of yeah i I agree i I always feel like discovery and picard they've kind of like put the the characters or the the story arc into a lot of hit a lot of dead ends before they find the right path they're supposed to go and um it just it gets a little frustrating because it's kind of it's becoming formulaic for them. Yeah, so. it's it's getting a little getting a little tired. Like Star Trek's starting to push me into the apathy realm, and I really don't want to be in the apathy realm because that's where uh-huh. I'm at with Star Wars, except for the Mandalorian. Mandalorian, I'm still enjoying, but uh, the movies, I just couldn't couldn't care anymore about the movies. <clears throat> and Star right. Trek's starting to really push me hard to that apathy point where like nothing's really happening. They're just doing less stuff than they would normally. I don't know. I mean, even if it, when they went back to, like, standard, like, oh, let's go see a new planet, have a story, a beginning, a middle, and the end, like a regular right. Star Trek thing, I could right. get behind that. But this is, like, it's kind of trying to do that, and they were doing that last season in Star Trek Discovery, but it's still tied to a larger story arc, and you can feel that it's connected to a larger story arc, and you're just waiting for it to start. And I'm I'm feeling like, by episode five, we really should have been moving toward a goal but we don't even know what the goal is really anymore because they keep pushing off the burn yeah why can't they tell them what the burn is i don't understand what the deal is like no we can't tell you that is it is it even like is there even a point to the season like i i just don't understand it seemed like it was going to be the burn because they're making a mystery out of it but now everyone's just still shrugging their shoulders like we still don't know anything so i'm like is this what we're going for this season or or is is it is it not even going to matter now i i don't even know I don't even know what they're yeah. trying to do. In the next episode, it looks like it's a prison break episode. So, I mean, looks like we're just not going to get any answers next week either. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. Well, let's get into full spoilers. So, we start off this episode, basically, uh, they go starts to off great. The, the Federation home base. They finally get the, uh, the coordinates where they go, and they head off, and there's this weird, like, cloaking spatial bubble distortion. spatial distortion it looks like a, a giant donut in space or something it's like a cream filled donut except the cream is federation ships federation ships <laughs> the voyager and, uh, j of all things yeah 
there was some comment about it, the Voyager ship. It's like, you know, a lot of history there. And then someone's like, more to be written, I'm sure. Wasn't something like that? I'm like, I, like I, I don't even understand why. Like, Voyager wasn't even a ship yet. Well, I mean, I'm sure they're talking about the Voyager um, probes. Oh, probe. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Cause I don't, I don't know if there's any other Voyager ships out there to talk about. But <clears throat> I, I, I mean, like, I'm glad it wasn't the Enterprise because uh-huh. that would be way too interesting for us as fans for them not to be talking about the Enterprise if they showed the Enterprise. But it would have been nice if it was some other ship that they would have known of that, oh, wow, this ship's been iterated on this many times. And then they counted, what, 10 for the Voyager J. But that's the ship's still 130 years beyond what they knew, you know. Yeah, some weird stuff. Like they could have been uh, the Constitution, I guess. The new USS Constitution uh, can, they, some of they just threw out, like, it can hold 2,000 people. I'm like, how do you know that? <laughs> I guess they just scanned the crew compliment. But I don't know. Like, there's a video from E.C. Henry where the Enterprise D can hold 1,000 crewmen. And they showed what that looks like if they're all standing oh, on yeah, the hull. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. nothing. I mean, the Enterprise D could hold so many more people. I think 1,000. Yeah, that is a great video, seeing how big that ship actually is. Yeah, it, <laughs> it does it, make a lot of sense. Like, like Google uh, EC, it's E.C. Henry and, like, Enterprise ship side or Enterprise D. Like, it shows you, like, how many people. Like and it's, it should have been even more of a ghost town than what we saw on Next Gen for like all the hallways and stuff. Because I mean, like no, you, I there was always crewmen, but I mean, like I feel like on a ship that big, you could walk down a corridor and never see another crewman. Theoretically, yeah, it was a fascinating. It's a fascinating video for sure. Um, that most of the decks would probably be empty. Well, and then um, like also like the Enterprise J. Enterprise J is like sixteen times bigger. Than like yeah. the Enterprise, um, like the original Enterprise A, that thing is massive, and like so, I guess they've scaled the ships down since then. I don't know. Uh, they um, have uh, detached nacelles. Yeah, okay, that's that's uh, fun, I guess. A flying rainforest. Yeah, that's like the you know, so they can just have like some air. That's where we get their air from. Guess spaceballs never thought of that having a. <laughs> Having a flying rainforest to provide the mayor. Uh, halls that are made entirely of holographic containment fields. That sounds like a really dumb idea. Have you ever lost sounds power? Dangerous. Yeah, if you yeah I know. Power. How often do ships lose power, you know, honestly? I mean, like, they're always oh. losing power in Star Trek for some reason or the other. Well, I mean, we saw the holodeck, holographic floor at the end of this episode where they were walking and, like... Which was cool. That was a cool That was a cool little, like, scene. Yeah. I mean, you know, this sure. is walking. Across the floor, kind of like you know, moving there's a under building him. right in front of them. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, there's some cool stuff, but um, so they they uh, they get kind of the ship gets like um, brought in remote control by a Starfleet command, and uh, they they uh, you know board whatever that main structure is, space station, and this is where they meet Admiral Charles Vance. Admiral Mr. Mummy, sir. Yeah, and, um, you know, uh, Michael Burnham's a little too hot for him. Like, I I mean, like... She shows so much leg, he gets embarrassed. Like, just too, like, uh, emotional and brash for him. Well, she's um, been a a courier for the past year. One year of courier will completely erase all your Vulcan upbringing. Um... I gotta be honest. I'm sort of liking Michael Burnham better this way. Um, and she's more of a loose cannon, but she was already. She just she was, was already loose cannon. That's the problem. Like, and the thing is, like, she's gonna be like, a, I feel like she's gonna be a thorn in their side because she's she was a loose cannon before. That's how she got court-martialed and whatever. And now she's a loose cannon that doesn't even feel bad about it. Like she was yeah. conflicted in Vulcan Hello. Now she's like, fuck it, I'm just going to cause as much trouble as I can. And like, oh, she's so lying to Saru. She's going to do some fucked up shit and make the Admiral matter. It's just, it's just going to happen. I'll hope so. Maybe they'll throw in the break and we'll never see her again. That would be great. 
<laughs> oh, we're going to get hate mail for that. Anyways, I, so... Um, it's not Sonequa Martin-Green's fart. She's fault. She's a great actress. I just cannot... <laughs> it sounds like you said her fart. <laughs> I, it's, it sounds like fart. So, uh, no, she's, she plays the part great. She's a great actress. I just cannot stand how they write her. Um, I don't... I kind of like that she was, like, so happy when her time with Book, and then, like... She joined back with Discovery and became Mopey Michael again. Yeah. He's like, oh, I did bad things when I was a courier. Like, yeah, so? Did you kick ass? you have fun? Yeah. Kind of. I don't know. Like, Giorgio's, like, they write Giorgio great. I love love it every time she's on screen. And then, Mm -hmm. like, Michael Burnham, I just can't stand it when she's on screen. they, They can write good sometimes. Now, now, Giorgio on this episode was far more interesting, I think, than I've ever seen her before. I don't know what it is. She was super Uh, interesting in this episode. Like, like she was the best part of this episode by far. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, uh, 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 Adria, Ardia, whatever, however you pronounce her name, our our trill are, are basically our cheat code to what's happened between Picard and now. She just gets carted off. We don't see her for the basically the whole episode. She just she gets taken to medical, even though medical's yeah. full with aliens that have some kind of necrotizing fasciitis from the inside from eating some bad berries or something. Uh, it's Adira, just so you know. Yeah, Adira. So like she gets carted off to medical, even though medical they say like the next sentence that medical's overrun. They're triaging people in the hallways. <laughs> she gets taken right, to medical. Right. And we don't get to see her the rest of the episode. And and right now she's my favorite, one of my favorite characters of Discovery. Oh yeah, because yeah, she's like she's our our, our link to the past. Like it's and she's a, she's a really good actress and she's a trill and oh she's got a trill in her a trill slug in her so like she's interesting. She is like the cheat code for the rest of the show and the rest of the history of Star Trek. And to me, that makes her really interesting. And the fact that they cart her off immediately it made me sad because I'm like, Where, where's our information? You're taking away your information. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, no, yeah, she did kind of, like... They zipped her out of there pretty quick. Real quick. Uh, uh, but, yeah, so Adira is kind of, like you said, she's off to medical. And uh, this is where they kind of just basically say, oh, yeah, that's nice that you guys came here, but you guys don't know anything about uh, the Federation in this time of space. And actually, you coming into the future is kind of fucked with our temporal... uh, It's a crime that you came into the future. (laughs) Yeah. And I hate that, because Federation had, like, the time cops. They had, like, the temporal Cold War people. They had, you know, the USS Relativity where they're trying to keep the timeline in check. I mean, just, like... The whole time travel is illegal. I, I was thinking about it a little bit more today. It's 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 more than like we can't figure out what the what the burn is without the time travel. It's we can't send them back home ever because time travel is illegal. Yeah, you know, know. it's and, just it's just yeah. such a manufactured thing. I mean, I'm I'm fine with them staying in the future. You don't have to make that a thing. They, they sacrifice to go to the future because you know. Because whatever, but I mean, like all this time travel stuff—they're just squashing Star Trek history by saying, "Oh, it's illegal now, and we're not going to do it." But time travel and the USS Relativity and their mission would basically help you solve the burn, and you're making this illegal. Why? Like undo well, it. Well, I'm I'm assuming the Temple Cold War, as he said, put a bunch of restrictions when they, you know, um, whatever a peace agreement accords that they signed during that that they had to keep up so i I mean yeah technically that's not their fault that they came from the future not knowing the temporal cold war existed i I mean it's stupid for you know this admiral vance to make a big big deal about it so um yeah he's he's worried they're temporal agents and they're gonna like betray them so if you fetch our cat for us we'll forget about that (laughs) we'll forget we'll forget you're potentially criminals so that's the other thing is when they get there, they see a bunch of people sick in this in their sick bay, and uh, oh, I love how private their sick help. bay is. There's like a giant circular opening where you can just look into it. Oh, look at all these people suffering. <laughs> this is guy, great. There's some guy getting a prostate exam. Dude's like jerking it's off and watching these people so dying. It's like yes, this is great. <laughs> he loves it. Um, yeah. So uh, Michael wants to try help. 
uh, help them out and figure out what's going on with these people. But Admiral Vance isn't crazy about it. And uh, he kind of like he's been playing Smackdown with um, uh, with Michael every time she speaks up. She's like, you know, basically crew. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know who the fuck you are. Yeah. And basically he says so she's like uh, he wants to break up the whole crew and reassigned everybody and put new people on to Discovery. And she's like, why would you do that? We have a fully like, you know, uh, you know, a, a crew that knows Discovery inside out. We can just go and find out what's going on with these people, why they're sick, and we can help right away because they can't do any uh, they can't do any warp uh, uh, warp travel because of the burn, but they can obviously do a spore jump drive. So, yeah. Well, they don't even trust uh, the spore jump thing is a is a thing because there's no record of it. There's no record of anything. So there's no record. Where's section thirty one? They know about it. Come on, just have them come out and just tell them the answer. Is section thirty one a secret again? Uh, well, that's the funny thing is, <laughs> is um, uh, the, when we have uh, Captain Giorgio or Empress Giorgio. Uh, I think that guy's section is, 31. Uh, so that's David Cronenberg. Uh, he's a famous writer-director. You might know him from doing uh, uh, the the uh, Fly, the remake with um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Uh, he also did, uh, which I wanted to do for our show. I wanted us to do, cover uh, the 1991 movie, The Naked Lunch. Mm. Uh, we could never get our hands on that one because it's not streaming anywhere. He did a history of violence. He's done a bunch of stuff. So um, scanners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, uh, he's a well-accomplished, uh, you know, director, screenwriter. Well, you know, they had the Rick and Morty episode where they went to the Cronenberg universe or whatever. Right. Exactly. So, um, but so he was inter, uh, interviewing her or interrogating her, debriefing, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, uh, I thought that was a really interesting exchange between those two. Very well written. I liked it a lot. It was a, like I said, like sometimes they can write really well for like some of their characters and Michael Burnham just like freaking falls apart. Um, I, I, the only thing I did not like about Giorgio's interaction with him was that her blinking phased out the holograms. And I'm like, really? After 900 years, no one figured out that flaw in the holograms and fixed it, patched it or whatever? Really? Yeah, that was was a little odd. I I was like, that's the only part. I mean, that was just a dumb, like, weird, like, like, techno babble thing that just didn't make any sense that she could outsmart 900 year future holograms. But other than that, it was beautiful scenes between them two. It was it was great. Yeah, it's pretty good. And um, so, what they discover finally, um, Michael convinces uh, the security um, lieutenant Willa uh, that they, if they see their roster and see where they've been and stuff like that, the ship, they could kind of like maybe pinpoint where they got this infection or or where they got this disease from. So she says, fine, whatever, I'll, I'll let you see that information. So she, they look at it, and they find that it was like at some planet they think that was um, – um, they must have eaten some food or taking some kind of vegetation or something that they ingested or it came into their body. And uh, during that time, that planet was heavily polluted. And it was something somehow, they knew about from the past that, that right. because it was happening in, in their you know, contemporary times. But the problem is, is that they're going to go back to find this, uh, these old, uh, um, uh, the seeds from this DNA, uh, from these, uh, seeds before they were corrupted by, you know, this pollution and somehow that is going to reverse. So they can happened. synthesize the thing they ate so that they can get the uncorrupted genome so they can uncorrupt what they ate or whatever i don't know it's i don't know if it works like that but i mean i guess it's something to go with right i don't know like i feel like they've like thrown science out the window ever since um ever since ds9 went off the off the air they just kind of make stuff up now well so uh this is where you know saru and and burnham basically you know tell Admiral Vance that you shouldn't break up the crew. We should just take it. You can bring <clears throat> Lieutenant Willa and whoever else you want to send with us to watch us. And then Admiral Vance says, well, Saru will stay here with me. And if you mess up, then um, yes. we'll leave the captain behind. 
Yeah, exactly. Because it's the Michael Burnham show. Why can't Michael Burnham stay behind? That'd be much better. Then we have Saru be captain. I love, I love Saru as captain. I, I like how the episode opened up with a captain's log. I'm like, it felt like Star Trek for like the first like five ten minutes of the episode. It was great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So these end up sending Michael Burnham, which you know she's just going to be um, uh, crazy as usual. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, uh, so they get to this uh, ship called the uh, USS uh, Tikov, uh, and it's a seed vault. That's what it is. They uh, save all the seats. And there's a family of uh, uh, Barzans, which is uh, Nans people. Nans race. And um, which, funny, a couple people find, they find out that the Kelpians and the Barzans have joined the Federation at this point, which they were not part of the Federation uh, in, their, during their, in their time. Discovery's original time, yeah. So uh, they beam over with uh, Michael, Nan, and Culber, and as they go over, they uh, they notice that the plants are all overgrown, and there's like a, uh, different oxy- or different oxygen levels that uh, Nan breathes, so she can take off her little mouth breather things. Mouth breather. So, Mouth breather thing. Anyways, so they find that there's this a hologram of a family of uh, the the Barzans family all sitting around talking and hanging out, and uh, they notice playing strip poker, Michael, you know, normal things families do together. Michael notices that the mom is with the daughter during this like thing and singing a lullaby that's the same as uh, that um, Adira is playing on the cello. That song created the burn. <laughs> We didn't start the fire. <laughs> I don't um, want to set the world on fire. You don't know that song, do you? It, they played in Fallout. I just want the flame in your heart. I, I kind of can't remember. The we didn't start the fire by Billy Joel. I don't want to set the world on. No, the older nope. song than Billy Joel. No, 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 no. no. You have to look that one up later. Anyways, um, yeah, so. Uh, that she notices and she's like, "That's weird. How does how would that be?" And she's and as Michael kind of surmises, like, "There's no way that could be a coincidence. There must be some weird connection there." So uh, then they find out that uh, as as Na, um, Nan goes through the the ship logs, they finds that the dad is going. You know, first it says normal ship logs, and then it gets crazier and crazier, and find that he's like somehow Phasing. out of. Phasing out of he jumps in and out of phase, which we saw briefly in the very when they first beamed over, like some weird ghost, like shadowy blur thing was walking through uh, the uh, station after them. If I was Predator at first, I was sad it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it would have been cool if that was the case. So uh, we find out um, when uh, they start putting the clues that there's something happened on the ship that killed. Um, uh, the family. So the family were put into uh, stasis pods besides the father, the two daughters, and the and the mother. And they unfortunately did not survive. They're basically just frozen popsicles. Ooh, popsicles! The Birthday father's popsicles. trying to bring them back to life with the seeds, which is why everything's overgrown. Yeah. So, um, so then the father uh, was somehow was beaming into the seed vault at that moment, and somehow he was shielded by this uh, mass coronal ejection, uh, a, cor- a cor- coronal mass ejection (CME), um, which we did have a funny little um, uh, back and forth between uh, Jet Reno and Stamets and, and Tilly. Tilly as uh, Lieutenant Wilma or uh, yeah, uh, Willa is watching. You guys aren't watching. very professional. And it's like, yeah, it's fine. This is just how we do. We're dysfunctional. <laughs> it's like this. <laughs> and this is like, uh, Stamets is like, this is what we, it's how, it's, you know, like, it's how we operate. And, and like, she, uh, you know, it's like, this, it's like, it's terrible. I keep telling you it's not working for me or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's great seeing their, their, their hijinks together is fine, you know. Reno still always just wins the day for me. R- Reno's the best. Like the writing for Reno, the the banter between Reno and Stamets is great. Also, Reno Stamets, and then when Reno's being debriefed and she keeps on asking for food and drink, yeah, that was good. <laughs> That's great. pretty good. Um, so yeah, so uh, they find out that uh, the, that um, 
he was affected by this and that's why he's like some weird out of phase so they bring him out they uh they beam him and they solidify him by beaming him yeah they they come up with a real fast magic of beaming they don't really tell you how that exactly works but just as supposed to work by beaming them yeah i mean they just they came up with that answer real fast and so they beam him and then uh he's just despondent because he basically knows his par- uh his his wife and the two kids are basically dead and uh they in the seed vault they need access to the seeds they want and he doesn't want to give it but then uh michael burnham has to say that your family's dead and there's nothing you can do to bring them back but you can help other people this scene that made might- me kind of angry because this is the second time where we've had colber <laughs> go up to Michael and be like, you need to do this for reasons just because you're Michael and you'll do Michael things. It's like, you're the doctor. You could have just gone over and told him the medical thing. Like, why did you need Michael to go tell him? Like, it's just, why does <laughs> you Michael killed have your family when you put them in the cryo chambers? Cause you didn't know how to properly operate it. Yes. You didn't. I, it just, I mean, it just, it just drives me nuts that like, Instead of Michael Burnham taking the reins and saving the day, everyone else is telling Michael Burnham to take up the reins and save the day. It's the same ending. It's just a different means. And it's, it's almost kind of more annoying than just yeah. getting her, it's like telling her insane. to do what she would yeah. would have probably done anyway. I'm just like, Colbert, just talk to the dude. You're the medical expert. Explain to him so, in medical terms. So, you know, she convinces him. She gets us. Yeah, he get, he gives her the code to open up. It's the two moons of the uh, Bazarin's uh, homeworld. In the name of and, his daughters. Which was a sweet thing, but heartbreaking at the same time. Uh, and we get the seeds, and they're all good. And then all of a sudden, Nan says, you know what? This guy's single, and I'm horny as fuck. And dying. <laughs> yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> Wait till the skin starts sludging off his body because of the radiation. She'll just freeze him. Uh, popsicle dildo we're not very good at that um (laughs) so you know this is where i got pissed off so nan says goodbye to michael and like they're crying like they've been the best friends ever this scene made me roll my eyes i'm just like i just cannot stand interpersonal conversations between, between michael and anybody when it comes to michael and someone else it just makes me angry and annoyed, and the writing just falls flat for me every single time. I was trying to go time. back. I was trying to go back in my memory, especially of season two, because that's when we met Nan, and like trying to remember, like, did those two ever have a moment? Because no. Nan always seemed like very abrasive, and then she joined Discovery at the last minute to you know help them out, and she obviously went forward in time with them, but. I don't ever recall Michael and her ever having like a no. Like a in, in, in fact, it was uh, her and Giorgio that kept having like weird sexual innuendo at uh, poor control's expense. Yeah, I mean, at least that was like fun. I mean, that was so kind I, of fun, but it had, Michael wasn't involved. Michael was in the Red Angel shoot doing Michael things. Yeah, I don't know. So, I, and, yeah, this scene was, just rubbed me the wrong way and then the thing like an episode or two ago non was like well i came to discovery because you know arian was such a great inspirational person i needed to you know honor her sacrifice by joining the crew of discovery now fuck you guys i'm gonna go see my home planet again see ya it just seemed weird yeah i I didn't really and then she was like it's been a while since i've seen my planet i was like how are you gonna go back to your planet i i don't know it was very i don't know i had a hard time with this scene i didn't really it just felt like they were writing her off for no reason. Yeah, it. it, I mean, it, it made, maybe she comes back later, but I, I just don't see what it is. So. She'll bring the seeds, and the seeds will know how to fly their own ships, and then they'll come oh, save the God. day at the end, just like the Kelpians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, anyway, seeds so. will become sentient. Sentient seeds, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, then we get the whole um, the Giorgio debrief. With Dave and Cronenberg, which was, like I said, it was interesting. Um, and something about it, like, zones her out. I, I don't know. Like, So there's a scene when I they get back. I think he knows what the burn is. I think he's Section 31 in the future. 
Oh, I yeah, Cronenberg has to be Section Thirty One or something because or, or she, something of that nature. She breaks open his communicator and finds something, and she is asking questions about the burn, and they cut away to what his answer is because she asks some questions about it. Well, and, it, but he seems to know a lot about the Terran Empire and knows a lot about how like the dimensions have been like pulling apart. Like uh, they, they're not nobody's made the jump back and forth between those two. And five hundred so years. Yeah, so there's something else going on. I'm not really sure, but she's like she's missing her home. At first, I thought maybe she became a hologram. Maybe she's got, she's like running around on the Federation base, and she put a hologram back on Discovery or something. Because mm-hmm. it was like it was she was like phased out. I mean, she was like you know not, not listening or, or whatever. She was zoned out real bad. But then again, you know she might be concerned about her home since, like, she said she heard the Terran Empire fell like 700, 800 years ago because uh, Spock made it fall basically. Yeah, I know, right? And then yeah, by the time we see it in, in Deep DS9, Space Nine, it's the humans the are yeah. like slaves to the Bajorans and the Klingons or whatever. So, mm-hmm. like, maybe the whole thing collapsed. Maybe like, not many people are alive over there because everyone just killed each other eventually. Right. Well, so and uh, basically, um, the Admiral Vance says, "Yeah, you guys, you know, are, are cool. We'll let you guys stick around and stay as a crew." And um, can we get a retrofits you know, now? Because earlier they asked about the retrofit. He was like, "We're gonna just gonna take right. your ship. We're gonna retrofit it. We're gonna, you know, duplicate the spore drive." And Michael's like, "Hey, wait a second! You can't do that." And I'm just like, "Why not? Don't you want to be able to withstand a thirty, thirty, three thousand year old, uh, you know, a year three thousand torpedo, and maybe more than one this time? You know, get that ship retrofitted, please, for the love of God." Yeah, I don't know. I, that didn't bother me so much, just because all their other ships are freaking weird and don't can't go anywhere so what's the point of having them um well i'm hoping they'll put the spore drive in the other ships but it like and then the uh, admiral's like exploration's a luxury we can't afford anymore we've got all these other problems so it sounds like discovery's got to do a bunch of a bunch of fetch quests until we finally get to what's going on until the admiral trusts them enough with the real mission that that's what i'm kind of feeling is it's kind of coming you know what i mean in the just that last little bit too, where um, Saru goes into this long dialogue about the Italian painter Giotto about uh, ushering in the Renaissance by developing the three-point perspective, and Discovery might help Starfleet get out of its dark ages. Uh, I mean, I, that's pretty presumptive of Saru to throw out that the, he's Giotto of mm-hmm. the Italian. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's just all kind of presumptuous. Like, I don't, it seemed a little contrived. That's all. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to see them like get the spore drive. You got to figure out how to make it work without Stamets. Get it into the other ships. That way, Starfleet can function again. I, I would like to see a functioning Starfleet again. It doesn't seem like they're interested in that. I don't know what it is they're interested in. They're just kind of there. You know what I mean? Like they're just mitigating little crises here and there. But we don't really know what they are. Yeah, and you know if that's all the show was, I'd be all right with that. You know, if it's just them doing mission after mission, but it always seems like they want them to do something like uh, find out what the burn is, and then you have to wait to episode twelve to find out what the burn is, and then thirteen to see how they resolve it. You know, although they did mention something, I think they mentioned it for the first time this episode where they said there was some kind of gravimetric distortions that happened while they were going through the time travel. So Discovery of the Red Angel probably caused the burn. Them coming so through time. They're, they're the ones who did it? Yes. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Like, you assholes. Yeah, they caused <laughs> the burn. You You broke up the Federation. So, I mean, like, maybe... They could do a hard reset on the future, like get them to let them use time travel so they can un, like, you know, go back in time and fix the gravimetric distortions so they can unfuck the future so the warp drive will work and the thing doesn't happen. Because, I mean, they've got no clue. They said they've got more theories than they have ships. So and he didn't even want to give any. Yeah, you know. and also if the section thirty of the Cronenberg, if he's actually section thirty one. And she told and told Giorgio something uh, about what caused the burn. 
I mean, maybe George was like flipping out a little bit because she knows they caused the burn or that Michael caused the burn. Eh, I don't know if she'd be flipped out about that, but um, what if uh, that Kronberg is actually uh, from the Terran Empire? Hmm, that would be interesting. Like an operative, operative from the Terran Empire. Maybe. I don't know. There's a lot to consider. I mean, there's a lot of different possibilities, and maybe he's given her a way to do something, you know? So maybe because I mean she seems conflicted about it, or you know she's was deep in thought. So I don't know. Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, like literally, the Giorgio stuff was the most interesting part of this episode. It was great. I I loved it. I mean, there's something going on there, but in general, I'm just really disappointed by the episode because it just felt like a more like a speed bump. We don't know what the plot is. We don't know what the focus of the show is going to be. It seemed like it was going to be the burn, but they keep like mm-hmm. the. They keep sidelining it over and over and over again. So is it important or is it not important? Because if it's not important, let's stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I agree. Which is what I was saying in the first episode. I'm like, if it's 120 years ago and you can't use time travel, it's not the, if it's not that important, why are we making it a mystery? What? I don't know. I just – I wish they would commit to like what what this is about. You know what I mean? Yeah. I That's, that's my – biggest issue it's just it just it just seems rudderless like what like what they're trying to do with the show in the series I, I i just don't know you know what it is with any other ensemble cast um you know series you know that's that's that they've been coming out as of late you know uh on these subscription services like Everyone has their own story, and they're all kind of following through, and you, you get to see what's going on with them. Like, like uh, Lieutenant Deppner's, you know, PTSD that she's going through. That's like regarded as a side story. Like that's something that's happening, and we'll just like peek on uh, in on it for uh, like a second. But she doesn't really get that much, you know, screen time. Yeah, you know, it's frustrating because it's like all these people, like you know could have some really fun stories and we could get into some more in- interesting things going on with them and we get nothing and, and we, it's just kind of kind of frustrating that it's just always like oh it's about the burn but we're going to do everything but talk about the burn yeah or, or like you know we brought Colbert back from the dead but all he's good for is telling Michael Burnham to do stuff Michael Burnham would have done anyway right right like we're, we're, we're using him to inject her into the plot of the show that's basically the Michael Burnham show. I'm just like, well, why? Give him something important to do. Don't make him just shoo in the main character yeah. like mm-hmm. into, into a situation because uh, we're trying to make a reason for the main character to do something. I don't know. It's just, it seems so bizarre that Culper has been used twice to inject Michael into the story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just bizarre. I just I, I I don't know what they're doing. Like it's just such a strange thing. I'm like, let, let, why can't Colber shine? Why can't Colber, you know, do something cool? You know what I mean? I, I agree. I, I it just always seems like you know. But if I they mean, didn't send Michael to the planet, she wouldn't have pulled a phaser and shot them. <laughs> Colber wouldn't have enough. done that. True enough. I don't know. It just it, it just does it does get frustrating because, like I said before, I always like there's so many cool characters and we don't get to see much of them. You know, it, we see like parts of them and then that's it. So yeah, I, I don't know. And like and then uh, uh, Adria, she she just got squirted off. We like she got like two lines the entire episode. Yeah, Adira, right? Adira, <clears throat> yeah. I know. I you know. Like I don't know, it's just disappointing the Federation doesn't know anything, and they don't seem to have any like quest for them to do. There's no big overall thing because they, however they shot that this the season of Discovery, they made it seem like the burn was going to be the big question, and so far they're just pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off. Because it in the trailer it looked like, oh look, we got to figure out what the burn is, or they looked like they were given that by from somebody to that was their quest to find out what the burn is, and now he's like, we've got other problems to figure out. Which, you know, maybe they do have more pressing problems than the burn, because they've been living with the burn for years and years and years. So they probably think, like, oh, yeah, Discovery's going to show up, and you're going to fix something that we've been living for, like, 200 years. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's 
does sound far-fetched when you kind of throw it out like that. But, I mean, honestly, if the guy's smart, they would keep Discovery there for a little while. Copy the spore drive. I mean, I guess they could just do it from the from the blueprints. I guess they don't have to stay, but you know what I mean? Like, it just seems like that would be the thing to do. To get Federation functional again, you need to incorporate the spore drive into everything. Like, mm-hmm. have Stamets set up a, you know, a, a mushroom... You know, you know, greenhouse and the giant, uh, you know, the the spatial rainforests. You know, give them a little corner of that so they can have shrooms for all their ships to fly around on. You know, it's got a vision of Saru. You know how he had his room all set up like a like a forest at one point. Yeah, it'd be great if he had like his captain's like um, ready room, mm. but it was like the same thing. But then he had like a chair that was like a mushroom. And he just kind of like squatted on it like a frog. <laughs> and you just have meetings like that. You just he eats just the like mushroom people. too. It's like, mm, my chair is so delicious. And everyone just has to talk with him. And he's just like, he's just sitting there talking to him. I think that'd be fun. Bet you wish your chair was as good as my chair. <laughs> Does your chair Admiral get Vance, you high? Admiral Vance has floaty chairs. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the that's the 30, 30th century or the year 3000. Uh, that's the thing. Everyone's got the floaty, like matter constructed chairs or rearrangeable matter chairs. Right. right. True enough. Uh, well, uh, just, I don't know, man. You know, there's the, the problem is the show's not awful. It's just not, um, just, it just lacks things. And just like, you wish it'd be a little zippier and like, I, there's like as we just keep on saying there's so many cool characters. Tilly's awesome. Jet Reno's awesome. And like you said, uh, Adira's really cool. And I just like I'd love to see more of them. Like, well, that, that I mean that was like even before the season started when they were talking about you know bringing in the first actresses or that uh, don't that are non-binary actresses. Like I was like it's not going to be that big a deal because. They're going to get like an episode or two, or they're in the spotlight, maybe, and then Michael Burnham, and they'll just be relegated to a background character. It's just going to be like, well, hey, that's yeah. just like everyone else in the show. Everyone else in the show is a background character. I mean, like, like Stamets and Tilly and Jet Reno, they're they're usually there, but they got like a minute or two an episode, maybe, like two yeah. minutes tops. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just kind of sad. I mean. um, I'm glad we're seeing more of Giorgio. That was, like I said, like by far the most interesting couple of scenes with her. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where that, tur- how that turns out. But the rest of the episode and the fetch quest and it's just kind of like, yeah, okay. I mean, they had the doctor. I mean, they had the doctor that said the holographic doctor that says he, he can determine if they're lying or not. So I mean, like, why did they, ha- why did they have to go on this fetch quest for them to believe him if the doctor can tell if he's lying or not? He can just tell the Ouch. admiral. I don't know. I don't know what I, I didn't make. The distrust that they threw at him right away seemed kind of odd. I mean, I, I get it a little bit, but it also was like, like, okay, come on, like, you've gone over all their logs, you've been, you debriefed the whole crew, like, yeah, like all of them, you can't, you know, like they're all lying about like being secret agents or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, and and where is Section Thirty One? Is the Cronenberg Section Thirty One? If he's not Section Thirty One, is Section Thirty One a secret again? Did we forget that everyone knows about them, <laughs> even or though everyone knew about them last season? Dismantled, you know. I, maybe I don't know. It's just really bizarre. It's just everything about the season has just been really bizarre. Like what they decide about what. Because I mean, if it's a secret information, Section Thirty One would know. Or like there should be some like, like the Omega protocol. I know I keep bringing this up, but I mean like th- all the high-ranking captains knew about it. It was a special thing, and only it was like a need-to-know basis. Like, why wasn't Discovery, like, a need-to-know thing by, like, at least admirals? I mean, maybe the captains wouldn't know, but maybe admirals or fleet admirals would have some, you know, knowledge. Oh, the ship, you know, didn't really just get destroyed. It was sent to the future. Like, records. I can't, uh, Natalie and I kept saying this last time. I was like, why are there no records in the future? <laughs> why don't they know Riker had a trill? How come the Federation doesn't know that, you know humans in the federation created the crazy fast replicating tribbles like they acted like they'd never heard of them before it's like what the hell like records come it's on weird that they, yeah it's weird that they, records motherfucker can you speak them <laughs> yeah i know can you I find agree. them 
Can you Google them I, on your computer? I swear. I mean, unless it's disrupted, but or, <sighs> sure. or like corrupted or something like that. <clears throat> yeah. So good. Uh, I mean, like, there's great ideas in this show. Like, just like Picard. Picard had some really great ideas, and they just ignore them. And I, I, I just don't want them to ignore the good ideas in this one. We're only five episodes in. There's what thirteen this season? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Thirteen. So there's yeah. gonna be thirteen. So I mean, we've we've still got the majority of the season left. There's still time to dig into these interesting ideas, and they're they are really interesting. I just hope they don't forget about them like they did with Picard. You yeah, know what man. I mean? I'm just like I agree. This, this show's got so much potential to be great. You've got a great ensemble cast. You've got fantastic actors up, down, left, and right. They're all great. Yeah, they are really Utilize good. them, please. Yeah. Stop shoving the camera in Michael Burnham's face all the time. It's like back in, 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 in TOS, it was William Shatner always, you know, coercing them, you know, put the camera on me, put the camera on me. But I, I feel like I feel like it's the, the writers and the directors. I was like, we got to have the camera on Michael. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's the thing. Him. And that was a different era, too. I mean, it's like people always like, well, they did that with Shatner. I'm like, first of all, there's two things with the Shatner thing. One, it was a different era where they needed, like, they wanted to have, like, a lead man. And and then everything else was the ensemble cast behind the lead man. And secondly, Shatner was an egomaniac and made himself, even when they wanted to give, like, you know, a Sulu a line or something like that, they, they always, you know, Shatner would be like, why don't you just pan over to me or something? Or, I can you know, react to the line because I'm the captain. Yeah. 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 No, but it's just. He was famous for that. And it's like. I mean, they're not doing that with Michael. Yeah, I, I know. I, on, like, I mean, I don't think it's Nico Martin Green asking for the spot. I think it's no. everyone just putting it on her because that's the way the show is written. Right. It, it's it's right. the same. It's the same end result, but for two different reasons. And you can still have a kick-ass character. I mean, I, I there's but, a lot of things I like about her character. It's just that it's just you want to see the other characters do more and being more utilized. That's all. And even in TOS, the other characters were more utilized. I mean, we had a lot of Scotty did a bunch of stuff. We had you know Bones and Spock doing lots of stuff. I mean, they were we had we had three other characters doing a lot of stuff and had having a lot of screen time. Sulu and Chekhov didn't get a ton of screen time a lot, but I mean, we still had those other three characters with a lot of screen time. And yeah. now we just don't really have any. I mean, actually, Culver's getting been getting a ton of screen time this season. More so than usual. More yeah. so than Stamets. Yeah, Stamets has kind of Stam- fallen in the background. Like Stamets has like been relegated to the background this season, and and yep. it's just it's disappointing. I mean, like I like Stamets. I, I like the prickly character, and like you know, it was kind of fun seeing him and Tilly buttheads a little bit. Like we get some season one Stamets in last week's episode, and then he apologized, and now they're all fine, and their their sarcasm is how they work together, even though they were ever really sarcastic with each other before, but because Jet Reno's in the situation, now he's sarcastic with Tilly, and that's just how they have fun. I guess. Yeah. Because they weren't really sarcastic. It was really, like, antagonistic between the two of them, because he kind of annoyed at how smart Tilly was. And now, like, Tilly's in on the joke between Jet Reno and him. Which, I mean, is fine. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be a fun dynamic if they keep it going, because it is a fun dynamic, and I love seeing the three of them together. It was fun this episode, but it's like that was like a minute scene, if that, you know. We need more of that. Yeah. We, need, we need more of the the ensemble working together, doing stuff together, figuring stuff out, and that's 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 where the fun part of the set of the episodes were. Them and then Giorgio and all the other stuff was like, huh. I mean, it was cool seeing the USS Nog. You know, they gave a you know a nod to you know Aaron Eisenberg who passed away like a year and a half ago now. Got a Voyager nod, got a Connie nod, mm. but you know, I mean, that was loaded up. The first bit of the episode was kind of great. You know, Captain's log supplemental that was nice. Uh, I just like just just write less about Michael. Like like I said like earlier, just let 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 Culper have have had the speech with the guy. Like why couldn't the doctor, you know, like talk some sense into the guy? I, I just. I don't know. Just the it needs to be an ensemble, and I've been saying this for three seasons now, and I'm just I'm just scared it's never going to change. My whole thing is Seed Vault. That's what we wrote a whole episode about. <laughs> that's what we wanted to talk about. That's like, oh, okay, we're going to a Seed Vault. Yeah. Interesting. 
Yeah, that's that's what I've always wanted to talk about. That's why I said it. it felt like a side quest. It felt like a bump in the road. It wasn't like, I don't know. I mean, it, it helped a thing. And in a way, I guess it felt a little bit Star Trek-y because you're just, you've got the dilemma of the week. But it seemed like so removed from everything else. It didn't seem as desperate, I guess. I don't know. It just... Well, that's a, actually, for once, it's nice that it's not everything's like, oh my God, if we don't get this... Three million people will die, or something like that. Just yeah. it's more of just like a crew of some fish people might die. I mean, it felt a little bit more Star Trekky than than some of the other episodes, but still, it just felt like in the overall narrative, yeah. it just didn't accomplish much. It didn't answer anything. It didn't advance anything really. It just was like a speed bump, and then okay, now now we can be friends at the end of the episode. Like okay, this episode That's- should be called Speed Bump. <laughs> Because I think you've said it like 60 to 80 times already. Yes. I said it a lot last week, too. Oh, my God. Well, guys, uh, let's uh, wrap this up because there will be more speed bumps ahead that we can talk about. <laughs> Did I run over pedestrian shit? Yeah, I mean, because you got to figure there will be at least – I mean, we won't get any answer on the burn probably till episode 11 to 12. <laughs> You're so probably it's all right. Just, all filler in between yeah so anyways guys uh i know sometimes people don't like that we're uh, a little poo poo on discovery but hey you know show's free (laughs) yeah i don't know show's free and and, and the thing is i don't want to hate on i want the show to be good and it's just it's just missing something i felt i I felt depressed after watching this episode my wife and i I watched my wife and I, I watched. I gotta the- agree. I, I've been watching these. Epi- I mean, since Picard. Actually, I mean before Picard. But um, I, I keep on wanting Star Trek to really, you know, knock me out and be like, "Wow, that's amazing." But I just keep on walking away. Like, what did I learn from that? Like, what did I get from it? And I, I just, I don't have anything. Like, it's there's nothing unique, nothing exciting, nothing to even make me think more. I mean, it's not like watching an old Star Trek episode or Twilight Zone or something that you just walk away thinking, wow, what a great story that was. I'm just not getting that anymore. Yeah. But yeah, I I definitely agree with what what you're saying. It's just, I mean, Kaylee and I, we watched the episode and I just felt depressed afterwards. I just had a coffee before watching it and I felt tired. It was just a strange, melancholy feeling. And then I watched the episode trailer for next week and I was like, prison heist and i'm like we're still not gonna get any answers next week are we so that just kind of made me more sad well guys if you have anything else to say if you have different feelings if you agree with us maybe um we'd love to hear from you please uh hit us up on you can do either our email at syntaholics at yahoo.com you can go to our facebook page and hit us there facebook forward slash groups forward slash syntaholics you can also uh, hit us up on twitter our Twitter handle is uh, Synthaholic Duo. And, uh, you know, if this show is something you want to support, please go to our Patreon, Patreon Force uh, slash Synthaholics, and uh, support us there. All right, Dave. Well, next week, we next won't week, die trying. Book's back. <laughs> he might die book's trying. Book's back, and there's going to be trouble. Hey, now. Hey, now. Scavengers. Yeah, that's the episode. Name. Oh, yeah, Scavengers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, thank I'm you. I'm still also. wondering what that hope that hope is you part one. Are we gonna get that hope is. <laughs> Are we gonna get this hope is you part two? You two. Anyways, all right. Well, Dave. Until next week. Live long and prosper. Pros- one yes. and all. <laughs> You can go ahead and say it. I'll, I'll cut that out part out. <laughs> no, that's all right. I'm keeping it that way. Awesome. Just like last podcast when someone fucks up, we're leaving it in. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>